Today is Tuesday, February 6, 2024. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. On Super Bowl week, we talk to Super Bowl champion Tony Dungy. That top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. Email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you. Joining me now today on the podcast to get through the news of the Cray, Tregones Phillips and Madison Seals. And Madison is in for Billy today, and you have the focus story. We've got a military veteran that just wanted to express his faith at his business. Now he's looking at retirement. Crazy. Yeah, who knew that a state licensing tag office slash DMV could be the center of controversy in North Carolina? <laughs> but here we are today here talking are. about one. Here we are in these uh, divided times. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say the DMV is always the center of controversy for me whenever yes. I have to go because I like to avoid it. But oh, my gosh. It's very true. Not in, it's a different kind of controversy here. It so. is. We'll have a whole special in the DMV one of these days. <laughs> yeah. But but for now, we got a lot to get to. The main thing, legendary NFL coach Tony Dungy. Billy caught up with him to talk about the Bart Star Award and more uh, coming up on the main thing. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our newest podcast, DC Debrief with John Stolness once a week on Fridays, rounding up everything in DC and Newsmakers with Billy Hallowell. We have both the links to subscribe and follow those podcasts in the description of every episode uh, on this Quick Start podcast. So uh, we'd appreciate if you did that. All the housekeeping is out of the way. So now we're going to get to the news here in 90 seconds. King Charles has been diagnosed with a form of cancer, according to Buckingham Palace. The type of cancer has not been revealed. It's not prostate cancer, but was discovered during his recent treatment for an enlarged prostate. They said the king began regular treatments yesterday, and he's going to postpone all of his duties during this treatment. He's 75 years old. He's got a positive outlook on this. He's looking forward to tackling it but no other details are being shared on the stage of cancer or a prognosis at this time. October 7th, conspiracy theories are circulating and growing online. On TikTok, one video features a man saying, this is day 16 of your daily reminder that Israel, not Hamas, is responsible for the massacre of Israeli civilians on October 7th, 2023. They're called October 7th truthers. And they believe that Israel was behind the attack that killed 1,200 Israelis and led to hundreds of Israelis being taken hostage on that fateful day. And according to Rabbi Abraham Cooper of the Simon Wiesenthal Center, uh, says that uh, it's anti-Semitism. And he called um, this October 7th truther movement the ultimate fake news. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can read more over at CBN News. Com and Madison and Trey, this this is crazy that this is even a thing, particularly because, and I don't even excuse, I'm not even going to excuse like 9-11 truthers or any of the other truthers on all these, like Sandy Hook and all these conspiracy theorists because that it was the pre-technology time. But let's focus in on this October 7th one. It's particularly inexcusable because it was all videotaped by the perpetrators who proudly videotaped themselves doing these things and saying why they're doing it. So it's particularly mind-boggling to me that this is actually happening right now. And Dale Hurd has a fascinating report over on CBNNews.com. I'll link that as well. Guys, what's your reaction to that? 
Yeah, it's it's bizarre to me. I don't really understand how you can arrive at that place. I, I guess maybe you can. Somebody who wants to say the Holocaust didn't happen, obviously that's not true, and that's right. abhorrent that somebody would say that the Holocaust didn't happen. But I guess there you have the benefit of you didn't get to witness it, right? right. This is something you're reading about in books. So if you want to be crazy enough to say that the Holocaust didn't happen, whatever. But as you were saying, this is a group of terrorists who gladly blasted all of this all over TikTok for the world to see yeah. and you know is, is proud of everything that they've done is, has talked about everything everything that they've done there's documented evidence of the bloodshed unfortunately that's unfolded so how somebody can arrive at that place is bizarre to me but it's reached the point that it's kind of become mainstream to have to address these people who say that October 7th didn't happen because the Grammys are just the other day they were Sunday uh, and Montana Tucker she's a pop singer uh, she wore a dress with a huge ribbon on it that said bring them home and in an interview with the Los Angeles magazine part of the reason why she said she wore that and also she made a short uh, documentary that she posted on her YouTube channel of actually her visiting Israel in December of last year she said part of the reason she's doing those things is because there are people who still in 2023 and 2024 have been denying the Holocaust and to your point and to the story's point are even denying that October 7th happened. So she said, I'm going to use whatever platform I have to make sure that it's in people's faces that not only did this happen, but it's still wreaking havoc because there are over 132 Israelis still being held hostage by Hamas. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like you guys were saying, it's one thing when we see history being twisted or manipulated decades or centuries into the future. But when we're seeing this happen real time through social media, through videos that terrorists are posting themselves, and then seeing that denied, that denial of the very obvious and present truth is just evidence of a pretty clear agenda. And there's a lot of people that are you know, jumping on the train, pushing that agenda. But yeah. I think that's what's really revealed through this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, and I would think it's a, it's sort of a call for us as Christians to make sure we don't do what the rest of the world does. And so many people right now lazily scroll through news, read headlines, and then just call it a day and then have strong opinions on those headlines that they haven't read about. They haven't yeah. discerningly looked through the news and looked for the source material because everyone's got an agenda we're seeing things from a Christian worldview, so that's how we're going to filter things. And so you have to understand the sources you're reading and understand where they're mm -hmm. coming from and hold them accountable. Don't just take their word for it on the headline and be lazy about it because we're going to see a time now where basic, I mean, we are seeing a time right now where, I mean, we're basically in a post-truth society right now, but with the advent of AI and deep fakes and everything else, it's just only going to get more confusing, I would suspect. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I think sometimes it, it's a little bit more nefarious and intentional than people just looking at the headlines yeah. and then being ignorant and not looking, you know, not reading into anything. I think there are some people and maybe it's a spiritual blindness. So maybe it's not people being fully consciously aware of what they're doing. But I do think there are instances of people looking at truth and knowing that that truth is inconvenient for them. Uh, and then choosing to keep themselves in the dark about it or even choosing to propagate a lie because it's more convenient to them 
them uh, if I just, I, this is the truth, but I don't really like yeah. the truth. I would rather something else be true. So I'm just going to ignore the fact that it exists or I'm just going to tell a, a bald face lie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think there's, it's probably a mix of all three things happening, right? People who are actually ignorant, people who are intentionally misleading and people who are just blind to truth spiritually uh, and don't know any better, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're certainly uh, going to I mean, ch check out Dale's report. Again, I'm linking to that in this podcast episode down in the description. You can find that. It's fascinating, sad, but also we have to be on alert and we have to be ready for answers for these things in our neck of the woods or else. I mean, this is how this stuff spreads. Uh, if you haven't heard about it, you don't know what they're talking about. You might just not say anything, but this is the kind of stuff that we need to stop dead in its tracks because it's it's hurtful and it can be dangerous down the line. So, all right, we're going to move forward now. We're going to head over to the focus story. And as I mentioned at the top there, talking with Madison, this story of a shop owner trying to express his faith through music and just different things he's got on display at the store has led to some problems. So what, what, uh, give me what's going on here in a nutshell. Madison, and we'll get through the details. Yeah, so this tag office, also known as the DMV, is a private business in Lincolnton, North Carolina. I think I said that correctly. <laughs> and it was contracted out by the state to sell tags for license plates and registrations and also process renewals. So the manager, whose name is Matthew Craig, decided that he also wanted to sell some military hats and some other items just on his own accord. But what got him into trouble apparently is that he plays Christian music in the background in the shop and he has signage posted around the office about his faith. And one of those signs is right up by the cash register and it says he's risen. Craig said that the North Carolina Department of Transportation notified him of a complaint that was made last Thursday regarding um, I guess just the Christian music by a customer saying that he didn't like it. And he also wasn't a big fan of the military items and thought that mm. those were inappropriate to sell in the store. Do we know any of the specifics of this complaint? And aside from a customer, do we know anything about who was filing this? I don't think we know much about the customer. I think they wanted to remain nameless yeah. or anonymous. Um, but yeah, their complaint was just broadly, they don't like the Christian music and they don't like the military items. We can assume that they probably think it's inappropriate to sell those in a government contracted office. Yeah. And what do we know about the manager of this office? What else do we know? So part of the reason that Matthew Craig is selling some military items is that he's a veteran who served in the North Carolina Army National Guard and did two tours in Iraq. And he said that part of the complaint also focused on those items. Um, so not only is he not ashamed to display his beliefs, but he's very convicted of them. And even after learning about the complaint, he said that he will not, quote, compromise his beliefs. Yeah. Did he did he elaborate on that at all? Did I, I know there was a local news investigating this. Did he talk to them at all? And did he elaborate on on his response and, and doubling down on his faith? Yeah, I think we heard a little bit more from him um, in response to the State Department of Transportation. Um, they alerted Craig about the complaint and then they received a letter back from Craig about his desire to close the office and retire. Mm. So in a separate message, Craig said that he believes that we found ourselves in what many see as the sum of our country's problems. That was 
a quote from Craig himself. Mm. Um, so I think he's partially just getting to the point where he's tired of the conflict and yeah. he's looking to retire anyway. I'm sure that was already coming up in the near future. But with this complaint, he just decided to go ahead and let the Department of Transportation know that he's going to be closing down. So he said that he'll stay open through March 14th and will continue to play the music and sell the military hats right up until he walks out. Man, what an unfortunate thing for a military veteran who fought for our freedom to have his freedom to play the music he wants to play at a store that he owns come into question and potentially trigger his retirement. What? Uh, how did the locals respond to this? Well, very much in the way that you just said. I mean, Matthew Craig has been there for, we're not sure how many years, but it sounds like he's been there for a while because most of the people in the town know him, are familiar with him, and they've expressed support for Craig and how he's run the office for years. One person said it was ridiculous that anyone would be trying to close the office and that Craig is one of the most efficient, kind people in town. Um, somebody else said, if he wants to play gospel music, I don't see anything wrong with it. I like gospel music and <laughs> also noted, you're not going to please everybody in the world either. And even the Lincolnton mayor, Ed Hatley, spoke out about it and said that politics should never come into play when it's something like this. Yeah. And what should come into play is to do the right thing and that we've come too polarized, become too polarized as a society. Yeah, so much for diversity and inclusion there. Um, but it's, it's really frustrating when you, when you see this and I, and the, the reactions from some of those people sound fantastic. And look, Trey, you were joking at the beginning about the DMVs and these tag places and how frustrating they are. And these customers were all like, Hey, this guy's efficient. That's the first time I've ever heard efficient <laughs> yeah. attached to one of those places. They should be promoting this guy around the country and saying, Hey, wait a minute. He figured out how to do it. Well, let's get him in all these other stores. Instead, he's going to be potentially just forced out of exacerbation, it sounds like, into retirement. And that's that's really a shame. It's really a shame that we're treating people like this these days. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, not only was he efficient, but it was a, a positive environment. <laughs> yeah, right. which, uh, no offense to our government workers who are listening to this podcast or DMV workers even, but a lot of times because they are so, you're always stressed when you go to the DMV, right? So it's just, yeah. you, you want to get in and out. So everybody's kind of tense, I think, in, in government offices. So yeah, I would think that the Christian music and the happy, you know, uplifting atmosphere would be encouraging to people. But unfortunately we have other people who are constantly trying to pick fights. And I just, stories like this, I just think, why, why is it worth all of this time, effort, money to derail somebody else's uh, yeah. work situation, right? right. The, 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 he's been operating this business. He's been a, a public servant, been serving his community well for all this time. Let the man uh, play his music. <laughs> right. Because some, you know, one person came in and didn't like it. Right. Uh, now all of this might be upended. That, so we read, we talk about these stories, Dan, all the time with like the Freedom from Religion Foundation, you know, like one small classroom, there's a Christian in the classroom at a public school. So they start this club or they start praying or, you know, whatever it is, pick, pick, pick your poison yeah. uh, for the Freedom from Religion Foundation. And then they go in and they upend the entire thing. It's like, I just I, I, I would think people would have better things to do with their time. It's frustrating that I, I would love for society to sort of have a pendulum moment where instead of being overly yeah. worried about every complaint that came in, that we had a little bit thicker of a skin and we just said, OK, thanks yes. for your complaint. Well, you know, we'll 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 reach out. We'll talk to him and then just let it go and just 
I mean, unless yeah. you're getting hundreds of complaints about something, well, then maybe, you know, there's something that's actually truly uh, impacting the community in a negative way. But I, I'll never understand this. One person wrote in, we better hurry up and do something about it. I mean, because what well, happens? What, what about all the way. other? Right. Because what about all the other people saying, no, we like it. I want it to stay. Do you, do you give equal weight to that? Or is it only yeah. someone who can't handle something they don't like? That's, you know, it's not like it's obscene or offensive or something like that. I mean, as far as like, you know, uh, language and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And for somebody, I think for somebody too to go all the way to the state with this complaint, yes. when, you know, in most cases, if there's a petty complaint, you go into a store, service is slow, you don't like the music you call for the manager, worst case scenario, you right. know, and this guy is the manager. If somebody really had a problem with it, then let him know personally, but to go all the way up to the state to let and them know about him. something, yeah. right. he's doing no harm. Yeah. I think yeah. somebody else commented that this is what's wrong with our nation today is that nobody wants any mention of God whatsoever. Yeah. A hundred percent true. And, um, look, God bless this man for his service, for his faith and, and displaying it at his store. I hope that whatever he chooses to do, that he gets some peace and quiet and rest and relaxation and either going about his day at work or in enjoying his retirement. So, Listening to his music at yes, home. Yes, yes. Or at, or if he wants to do it at work and they let him keep going and it's fine, then great. That's that great too. too. Wait, yeah. wait, just give this guy some peace. He's earned it. He's earned it. All right. <laughs> but all right, Madison, I appreciate you bringing that one. Let's all be praying for that man there, uh, Mr. Craig, down in North Carolina. All right, that's going to lead us into our main thing now. And legendary NFL coach Tony Dungy joined Billy to discuss the Bart Starr Award, honoring football players with the best character and leadership skills. And he shares his faith in the lead up to next week's Super Bowl. That's today's main thing. Tony, I appreciate you joining me today. I want to dive right into the Bart Starr Award because there are a lot of awards that are given out in life, but this is a really unique one. Can you tell us a little bit about why it's so significant? Well, uh, it's an award given to a National Football League player, and I can tell you it is very, very meaningful. Obviously, the Most Valuable Player Award is, is given out. Uh, there's another one called the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. But I would say right up there with those two is the Bart Starr Award. It is given to uh, – it's first of all, it's voted on by the players, which is very meaningful to them. It's given to the person who shows extreme leadership and community service, and uh, that is what makes it special. Uh, I've been very, very blessed over my lifetime to have coached five of the recipients – uh, and I've also been blessed for the last 10 or 12 years to be part of the group that uh, uh, actually presents the award. And when Bart Starr um, got to the point where health-wise it was tough for him, uh, that's when they asked me to fill in and, and go with his son, Bart Jr., and present the award to the winner, and it's been one of the most meaningful moments of the year for me every year. Um, this year will be in Las Vegas Saturday morning, the breakfast itself is a gospel outreach. Um, you take this football world that's all centered in the Super Bowl city, and everybody is excited about the game and what it means. And just for about three hours the morning before, uh, all of these NFL players and staff people are there, and they're pointing out that, yes, the Super Bowl is great. Yes, it's our goal to get there, but it's not the most important thing in life. Let us tell you what our most important thing is. 
and it's a great gospel presentation. Yeah, you know, it's it's powerful. And I want to get back in a minute here to this year's winner, and we'll talk a little bit more about some of that. But why do you think, it, it feels like the last few years, and obviously you've been in this a lot longer, and I know faith has been a part of so many players and coaches' lives for a long time, but it feels like we're really seeing more people outspoken about their Christian faith in the NFL, talking about it. We're seeing it when DeMar Hamlin collapsed, the outpouring that came from that. What do you think is driving some of that? Why why football? Why is this sort of an area where so much faith is present? I, I think football has become the number one sport in our society today. Uh, there is so much emphasis on it. But the other side of the coin is our, our world. Is People are up in, in the air. They don't know what's going on. They have questions. Uh, but they come to football for that kind of sanctuary. And I think uh, these young players have said, you know, I can use this platform and I can let people know what's important to me and I can let people know about my faith in Jesus Christ. And it's something that for a long time we, we kind of tried to keep under the radar, but we've had some very outspoken people like Reggie White uh, and now I'm C.J. Stroud this year, who's probably going to be the NFL Rookie of the Year, and he starts every conversation uh, with uh, reporters about, well, I'm, I'm thankful to be here. This is a platform for me. Yes, the, it's it's not a job per se. It's my chance to show people what I'm all about. Brock Purdy, uh, the quarterback of the, the 49ers, same way. And these young guys are coming in and they're, they're not ashamed of the gospel. Yeah, no, it's powerful to see. And when I look at your career and all that you've done, you know, you mentioned that you had coached, you know, five of the people who received the Bart Star Award, and that's pretty impressive. I think it says a lot also about you and the other leaders around those players. Um, but but what has it been like for you to be so open? And I mean, everybody knows you as such a kind, compassionate guy, but also somebody who's very open about your faith. Was that a tough decision, um, an enriching decision? What has that been like in the position you have? Uh, it really wasn't tough at all, Billy. Um, I was very fortunate to kind of grow up in that type of environment. My mother was a uh, high school teacher, but she and my dad always talked about why you were doing things and not what you did or who you were, but why you did things. And that was kind of the way I grew up. Well, then I, I got to the Pittsburgh Steelers as a young 21 year old rookie. And the very first meeting I was in, uh, coach Noel, our hall of fame coach started the meeting by saying, you know, welcome to the national football league. You're going to get paid to play football now, but don't make football your whole life. If you make football your whole life, I promise you, you're going to be disappointed. And I was kind of in shock because I expected him to say, Hey, you might've worked hard in high school. You might've worked hard in college, but you're going to have to work five times as hard. And you're going to have to put more into it. And he just said, no, this is a part of your life. But as an adult now, what's going to give you satisfaction? And it's not going to be just solely on the football field. Our owner, Art Rooney Sr., talked about being part of the community and giving back. And we had community service days and things like that. So here's the two men who were leading this franchise that had already won two Super Bowls when I got there. But they were saying winning is not the most important thing for us. And that opened my eyes. So now when I got to the chance to lead a franchise. When I was named head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it was easy. I just took that same background. Yes, we want to win, but that's not the most important thing in our lives. 
Yeah, I mean, that obviously is a major lesson that you've learned as a player and then as a coach. What would you say is sort of another big, maybe the biggest lesson that God has taught you throughout these many years in the NFL? My mother's favorite verse in the Bible that she passed on to us was Matthew 16, 26. What would it profit a man if you gain the whole world but forfeit your soul? And unfortunately, I saw a lot of that in 30 years in the National Football League. I saw young men climb the ladder as high as you could climb, get everything that you could imagine from a, a, an earthly standpoint, acclaim, fame, money, uh, notoriety, and look at them on the inside and say, boy, there's something missing and th this is not good. And you see people come down off of that high mountain and I didn't want that to happen to myself. I didn't want it to happen to any of the players that I coached. So uh, for me, when I, I got our rookie class coming in every year, I would say the same thing. Hey, enjoy the spoils of the National Football League. It's great. Yes, you can provide for your families, your parents. You can do a lot of things. But if that's all you're in it for, you're going to be in, in shock at the end of the day. So you better make sure that you have a direction in life and where you're going to get your real satisfaction from. And it's got to be spiritual. So uh, just to be able to pass that on and and now to get letters from my former players uh, that, that sometimes they say, coach, I didn't understand everything you were saying back then, but I appreciate it more now. Or one thing that you said kind of turned me uh, towards the Lord or turned me away from some things I was doing. And I, I appreciate you now 20 years later, more than you'll ever know. Those are the letters that really, really gratify. All right, Billy, thanks so much for that interview, that conversation. They're always great catching up with the coach, Tony Dungy. All right, that's going to leave us with time on the podcast for one last thing. So today we're looking at John 14, 15. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. A simple verse, but a tough one to follow some days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think in the focus story we saw, you know, there's an example of someone who's doing that, yeah. encouraging and loving others yeah. through yeah. scripture, through music. Exa so we exactly. should follow his lead. Exactly. Amen to that. Good spot to leave it in the Quick Start podcast today. As always, get yourself on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, in that creek don't rise, we shall return tomorrow with more news from a Christian perspective. So hope you have a fantastic rest of your Tuesday. Stay safe out there. God bless. See you back here tomorrow.